You're listening to the Detroit is Different podcast network. Yeah. Go for broke for the ones that are broken. Yeah. Please don't make me no hashtag or slogan. My whole hood is golden. That's why I pray you catch a wave. Doesn't subside. This for the nappy heads and peppers. And every in Christ by they side I pray you catch a Welcome back to the Piper Carter Podcast. We have been away for a few weeks, but we're back in full effect with our co-host, Brittany. How you doing, Brittany? I'm doing good, Pipe. Peace. How are you? What's up, Deja? Hey, I'm good, ladies. How are you guys? This I know, is it Monday? Yes. I'm good. I'm good. Um, what have you guys been up to over the last couple weeks? Just working. Just working? Like just finding samples. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, what about you? Much it. What about <laughs> how, how really the, yeah. uh the same thing, really, Piper. Just really working. Mm. Mm-hmm. Working. Just that's really it. Staying, you know, staying out of the way. Still trying not to be around too many people, but still, you know, it's kind of good that the the weather has been like amazing. So it kind of makes you want to like be around some people. So I have seen more family than I've seen in the last, what, like four or five months now. So, but other than that, it's been chilling. What about you? Oh man, I have been going through all these transformations, right? So I started gardening and it's been like such an amazing journey. I um, cleared out one side of my backyard and um, the Kazi team from, I'm a member of Detroit Black Community Food Security Network, DBCFSN. And, you know, we have the food co-op that's getting ready to open. Um, You know, we're uh, a member uh, like a member worker owner food co-op, but also um, there's the farm and also there's food classes, but then we also do policy. So, um, you know, all about food justice, food security, um, food sovereignty. And I'm just really excited because I've been wanting to start a garden forever, like ever and ever and ever. I've always wanted to start a garden. And um, this time being at home, has just allowed me the time and space to be able to grow my own food. And I've been wanting to grow my own food um, just as self-determination. I've been wanting to, you know, just learn how to garden because I grew up with both my grandparents um, gardening and helping them in the garden. And I just, I just wanted to do it. And so I've gotten back to nature. I've just, you know, learned, you know, getting um, composts and, um transplants and seeds and shouts out to keep growing detroit uh i got some seeds and transplants from them shouts out to nurturing our seeds i got some compost and transplants from them shouts out to brother nature i got some compost from him um shouts out to d-town farms and dbcfsn detroit black community food security network they came and built me two four feet by eight feet raised beds and um 
I'm just growing so much food. And then today I just went and bought four more raised beds, um, three four by fours and one three by three, uh, meaning four foot by four foot, three foot by three foot. And what I'm going to do is thin out some of the plants, some of the seeds that I got because I don't want my leaves to um, be like too short or too small. And so I'm going to move some of them over. So I'm getting some more compost tomorrow. And I've just been knocking down weeds and uh, cl doing clearing and learning and, and, and watching tutorial videos. So I'm a, I'm a farmer pipe now, or at least gardener pipe. So I'm just very excited about that. Um, farmer farmer pipe sounds better. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Do you, do you have do you have overalls yet, farmer pipe? You know, I was looking at some today. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna get me some coveralls and <laughs> some of those cute little rain boots, the thick ones with the thick bottom. Yeah. Yeah, but I do have like some knee pads I got and I'm learning about how to trellis. I'm growing um, fennel, cilantro, basil. Um, I'm obsessed with fennel. You're obsessed? Okay. Oh, dill. Love what dill do you too. do to keep the animals away? You know what? I, w I was going to get some chicken wire. Um, knock on wood, I haven't seen any of those type of animals that eat the stuff. Right now it's just mm -hmm. And bugs it's a lot of birds and bugs um but they haven't been eating it thank goodness but That's i'm good chicken wire possibly and um oh i have carrots squash um mustard greens turnip greens spinach snow peas broccoli oh cayenne peppers and uh bok choy and kale that sounds like an amazing stir fry, and it sounds like a good Sunday dinner. <laughs> like it sounds like zucchini bread. That sounds like pizza with that basil. I'm super excited. Sounds like everything you need. I know, right? That sounds so good. About it, like that little plaza at the corner where I told you, like for the corner store. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at that, and I've been talking to the we in Detroit. We have what are called district managers. And basically the way Detroit used to be set up, we had the mayor and then we had, um, you know, city council people and each city council person represented a district. So we still have the city council people um, for the different districts, but um, this mayor that we have right now introduced this concept of an appointed position for each uh, uh, district and that appointed position consists of a um, a district manager, a deputy district manager, and then like a business manager for like the, the businesses in the area. Mm -hmm. And so basically they are appointed by the mayor. So there is no election for them. There's election for the city council people, but but the district people are basically supposed to like support residents and then now with the business person support businesses so i've been talking to our district seven manager and um that piece of that there's a there's an empty lot on the corner of my block and you know i talked to her because people use it for dumping blah 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 but what i would really love to do is clear that out and use it for like farmers market you know 
That would be so cool. And then they'll Man, that farmer's market would be banging. Like, are you kidding me? That neighborhood too? Man. There's no, we don't have a gross, proper grocery store, right? So, I mean, it'd be amazing. All my, all my neighbors, I'd be like, do y'all want to come sell y'all fruits and vegetables at the corner with me? Uh, so I'm going to see about getting that hooked up, you know? That's um, so exciting. You know, I've been investigating it, like, with her. Um, How's that process been? Like, talking mm-hmm. to people? Well, you know, my neighbors, I live in the hood, 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 hood. Well, well, meaning Piper, the um, the people like the like the district people, like the people like that are meant to 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 help stuff like that get started. Oh yeah, she's really uh, my our district manager. Shouts out to Moon Ali. She's really receptive. You okay. know, a lot. Even though I don't believe in the concept of appointee, because you know it's like it's just it is it usurps democracy, which is crappy. You know, mm-hmm. but. What I do appreciate is that it does allow the city to run more like a business. So she's like mm. a customer service rep for uh, residents, kind of like, right? So, you know, you tell her about, how you know, garbage and, all you know, what properties are, you know, uh, uh, abandoned, you know, just all types of stuff in the neighborhood, right? And then they, she finds you grants to do stuff. She's very... Our district, she, my district manager lives in my neighborhood, like down the block from me. Okay. That's helpful that even though she's appointed, she lives over here. So, um, I like that. I mean, it's one thing to know, like the, like outcome of you being super accessible and still not minding it. Like, I think that's cool that she's in like living in the neighborhood like that. Or the fact that she does, she lives in the neighborhood, but she felt inclined to, you know what I mean? be in that type of position you know that's kind of cool yeah no i appreciate her um a lot of people give her a lot of flack because conceptually activists are against the idea of there being you know this type of position of a a district manager okay i get that yeah but i i'm gonna be gonna keep it a buck with you she's super cool she tries really hard i think she does a great job she's like district the district i live in is it's like one of the it's the biggest one in the city and basically they shouldn't make districts be that big because it it's so big that it should be three different districts that's how district does what what um all like um area does it cover like you know how that park uh, Udeja and I went to, is that part of the district as well? Is that like the Cody Rouge, Brightmore, that's the Cody Rouge. Chicago? Well, that's the Cody Rouge area. Brightmore is more over by Grand River. Okay, okay. But that, and uh, well, Brightmore is District 1. But, okay. but that Cody Rouge area is, um, it's actually both District 7 and District 1, Cody Rouge. That's how big Cody Rouge is. But okay. yeah. With that Cody Rouge area, you can see how far that is, right? Yeah. And um, and then it extends more into Rouge Park is a part of District 7. If you go more by um, all where, where the farm is, is District 7. And then um, if you go over across uh, Grand River and you go like over by the Adams Butzel Center, which is um, like Linden and... Uh, people that are from Detroit will know these streets, but let's just call it, it's an hour walk from my house and 
it's about a, a 10 minute drive from my house, right? But that's still District 7. And I feel like that's like too far. You know, I got you. And then mm -hmm. also, and also, you know, um, when they get the money for District 7, they get millions of dollars for District 7, but it all goes to Rouge Park. And now, don't get me wrong, uh, I'm all for, you know, I'm an environmental justice activist, so I'm all for fixing up our parks and, you know, um, having access to nature and this type of thing, but they're doing that at the expense of residents and people. I got you. It's almost like they're defunding certain areas by doing, putting so much money into that specific area. They're exactly, what you're they're exactly defunding. And, and historically, over the past decade, there's something, um, in addition to emergency manager, which we probably should do a whole show about that history, but... Um, Love to. But basically, Detroit, during the bankruptcy, uh, 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 during the financial collapse of 2008, uh, Detroit was put under bankruptcy. And with that, uh, the federal government uh, instituted uh financial martial law and, on michigan and um so different cities in michigan uh went, went under what was called emergency management but there's basically a emergent uh financial martial law and what happens is it usurps your democracy so you may have elected all these officials to like you know uh that have your politics but what they do is they just bring in a person to bottom line everything as an emergency manager and then they just do everything based off numbers and money and that's how you end up with the flint water crisis right um yeah they made the decision to switch to the flint river from the detroit river despite all the scientists telling them that it had been condemned since the 50s blah 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 but they were like oh it's cheaper right but it was poison it was toxic it killed people you know and and, and on and on and on and we've done many shows about uh flint water crisis but um and but in the detroit uh vein the way it looked is the water shutoffs where they had over 144,000 people's water shut off um it looked they closed over 250 schools um they uh, closed uh, the the recreation centers in the neighborhoods. They turned off the street lights in certain neighborhoods. They stopped um, um, basic emergency services, closed hospitals. So all these things that people really needed in order to have like a safe neighborhood, um, they eliminated and they called it like a divestment investment plan. And folks can look that up. Um, it's called the Detroit 2020 plan. And basically, um, by uh well there was you know one phase that was supposed to be done by 2020 another phase by 2030 and another phase by 2050 and basically uh they have these maps and when you look at the maps you'll see there's green space and gray space and they declared these nine neighborhoods like healthy neighborhoods and those are the neighborhoods that they invested into and you'll know them right because you got like corktown um downtown um uh, uh uh southwest um midtown new center right um um over there the livernoy corridor um there's uh one i think uh on the east side it's like uh jefferson chalmers so there's like these nine neighborhoods around the city that they decided were like 
the healthy neighborhoods and then those are the ones where they you know kept all everything that you need to have a healthy society and then all the other neighborhoods they divested from and then they shut off everything and you know that it just caused people to have to leave uh, you know and, and and mix that with the mortgage crisis happened at the same time right where quicken loans had basically uh put out the you know uh these fraudulent double uh, mortgages for people, these fake mortgages and people lost their homes um, and they were stealing people's property. Like all this, all this really nefarious stuff happened during that period. And, you know, it, it really, really, really tanked, you know, the, the quality of life. But, um, but that ba that's what um, makes me very happy about the gardening <laughs> because you know I live in one of those divested from neighborhoods and my my own neighborhood right so like there's district 7 that has I don't know maybe 100,000 people in district 7 and then there's like my neighborhood in my personal neighborhood Bart McFarland we've got about 10,000 people roughly 10 12,000 people right and so in my quote unquote neighborhood, right? Like you'll just see so much resilience and you'll just see people like figuring stuff out, right? And um, we still have to push our government though. I'm not saying like, I'm not, you know, I'm pro reparations and I'm, I'm like all about pushing our elected officials cause that's their job, right? Um, and we've already paid our taxes for it. But like at the same time, I'm not, you know, we can't wait right like we can't wait and i guess that's what you always speak to Brittany, about um the failure of government and how people just uh get fed up you know wait uh and and, and not wanting to wait so that's kind yeah. of where i am right now and in, in between those two but i'm still voting i'm with you it's funny you're even talking about this because my mom and i like it's so funny like i think the last time you me and Deja went walking. I told you that I had a dream. And you told me that you interpreted my dream. And you said to me that basically I'm torn in between uh, voting and not voting or just torn between how I identify politically. And I said to you, it's not so much the fact that I like don't know how I identify politically. It is just the battle of really like what morally how I feel about voting knowing like just this this system and that's what I truly battle with you know I understand the strategy that's that goes behind voting in this election and how powerful it can be for getting Trump out of office but it's just some things that really burn almost to my soul if I would allow it to when it comes for me thinking about voting for Joe Biden and the dumbass shit he says. And I purposely use dumbass shit because it really gets underneath my skin as a black person. Like, and having the literacy that I have when it comes to reading in between the lines of what people are saying, the things that he says are just so annoying. Like, they almost equally annoy me as the I'm things that Trump say. Like, I'm gonna hold my nose and vote but i'm voting but i'm holding my nose and voting right but the only reason i'm, I'm doing that is because like i just think that there are some pos local positions 
where I want to see, you know, a, a bit of a bit of change, and I want to make sure, like like Rashida Tlaib, right? She's our congresswoman, thirteenth uh, con congressional district, Palestinian Muslim, leftist, you know, uh, pro environment, and I just want to make sure that she gets reelected, right? I yeah. And so there's that. Um, she's pushing for a lot of the policies. She's got a water is a human right act to make sure that everyone across the entire country has access to clean, fresh, affordable water. And the same issues that we have here in Detroit, they've got in Newark, you know, Newark's got lead, you know, uh, dealing with lead in their water and, and just all across the country, all across the world, but all across the country, folks are dealing with um, the same type of unaffordable water bills or uh, lead or like all these other, you know, issues. And so that bill would be to uh, the Water is a Human Right Act would make sure that, that all water is affordable, all water is clean, all water is safe, right? Um, so I want to make sure she gets elected because I, I, I'm going to definitely be pushing for that bill, right? And I'm going to be pushing others to push that bill. I don't think that, um, I, I know that like if the Republican counterpart gets in there, well, they don't believe that water is a human right. You see what I'm saying? So for them, it's like, if you want to have access to fresh, clean water, then you're going to pay. And you're gonna pay a lot and so yeah there's just there's stuff like that which is why you know policy wise i'm looking at who's got what policies and and and, and how i you know want to see them get pushed and you know these politicians they, that's their job and it's our and it's our job as citizens to push them right um but it does take a lot to be literate in politics in policy in these candidates, um, and you know what? I mean, I'm not gonna hold you up. Um, it can be a, a, a bit of a challenge to try to keep up with all this stuff and everything else. Plus, it's super boring. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's really boring. And so, well, I'll say, Piper, you don't make it sound boring. Like, I say, the gardening piece to me, it's worth the time and effort. Like, what the end result could be, you know? So, I'd say your mindset is a good mindset. And it's a good visual too, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I think local politics is far more exciting than, you know, concentrating on federal politics, but. I definitely want Trump out of there, but I agree with you. I'm like, the Democrats just showed their hand at how racist and misogynist they are to even pick a Joe Biden. Agreed. I mean, the entire time he's been saying so much racist and sexist stuff and so much from his past has come up about him being aligned with KKK and, and being a sexual predator and all this other stuff. And they're just like trying to force people to vote for Biden. It's like nobody wants to vote for Biden and you can't make people pretend that they even want to vote for Biden. And all these boomers who keep, you know, trying to tell us about voting for Biden, it makes me not even want to vote. <laughs> I mean, I think you were just saying that is, I don't know, it's soothing. Deja, how do you feel? You there, Deja? 
Maybe she went on break. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's just the like, it's the hold your nose thing, right? But the, don't get me wrong, it's just because it's in November that I have my days where I'm like, F this, like, you know, and I understand it's just, it sucks because it feels like every direction mentally you turn, it almost makes you feel like you're being sold or programmed on feeling that way because there's so much like things that are floating online that are are there to sway you and to have you feeling that way, you know, on both sides. So you have to be really, really, I think, really to your point, really focused and zone in on you as an individual. Like, what do you want to accomplish in the next four years? What do you, how, what direction do you truly want to see the country move in? And I think that whatever direction your mind goes into, you know, that's to me how you should make your decisions. And I think we all have, I mean, me and my personal life and the age that I'm, I'm, I am like, I have a lot to look forward to in the next four years. So, you know, the hold your nose thing, I definitely understand it. And I definitely understand the overall point of what you're making is, is that local politics is where it's at because we always say that on the show. So I, you know, I get it. Yeah, I get it. Speaking of which, what is what happened in Chicago this morning? You know, um, Deja, I don't know if you're back in, but um, I'd say from the the only viewpoint that I really saw, Deja kind of hit this to us this morning in the group chat, but I saw a video of a kid that was like probably between the age of like 17 and 20, and he was like on live. And he was like recording himself breaking into like an ATM. And he was recording himself telling people like within his neighborhood to come down to the Magnificent Mile and to help start breaking into some places. So I don't know what triggered this. I don't know if this is something that was just strategized in certain parts of uh, areas of Chicago where they were, were gonna go do it. I don't know if it's gang affiliated. You know, I don't know what the root of it is, but it just seems like they started looting between, I'd say, uh, last night and probably early this morning, downtown Chicago. So basically what happened is um, the police murdered a, a young man, a 15-year-old young man. Mm. And um, they the, the citizens started uh, the unrest of a rebellion uh, like a little bit after midnight. Wow. And so they were going at night and then it went into the morning. And um, there was, um, so it was about a dozen people had faced off with police. And um, it says, um, it says about a, a dozens of people have faced off with police after officers shot and wounded a young man in the Inglewood neighborhood. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and that's how it all pretty much started. And yeah, so they were at the Magnific Magnificent Mile, um, you know, rebelling. And the media just went into like a frenzy, if you will. Mm, I got you. You know, people uh, rebelling. But that's that's literally like what is going on, you know? Yeah, I just read this tweet. This girl said, 
Looting in response to police lynching is not only an effective way to strike back at police legitimacy and power and to protect your community by providing what you need to live for free, but also basically a nonviolent one. But people really aren't ready for that conversation. That's hilarious. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting, right? Like, yeah. I mean, it's a phenomenon to me. I, I never really necessarily understood why folks um, want to go and do that as their, you know, the, their expression. But for me, because for me, I'm like, okay, I really don't care about stealing TV. You know what I'm saying? I don't watch TV. So TV doesn't do anything to me. So I'm like, well, I don't want to steal a big ass TV. Like, I don't care. Um, however, if you think about the institution of policing uh, and it represents protecting property, then in that sense, it does make sense um, to, to, to deface or destroy property or to take things because, yeah, that speaks to what the police are being paid to actually protect. Yeah, and I, and I feel like it's funny because that's back when, um, what was that, what, what was, month was that? Back in, what, May or just basically the George Floyd incident. I think that was uh, when protests started breaking out. That was downtown Chicago's biggest fear is that this will happen. And so it's like almost like they get they they give the city their biggest fear. They know they know the city doesn't want them coming coming down to the magnificent mile. Damn near to she even shop, let alone tear it up. So that is that's that's something. Yeah, I mean sending lots you know condolences and love to the family that lost their loved one um 15 that's so young yeah it is uh, i mean at any age right but like yeah it's like man um for me that's still a child um and yeah i mean this is this is a lot with the uh, you know I think about the the level of violence that we see in Chicago. Yes. The level of gang violence and the level of murders that we see on a daily basis in Chicago. It means that um, obviously there's a lot of resources that are not being fed into the community. You know, the community is lacking and, and it's, it's, it's imploding and showing you, look, you you know you can no longer neglect us you can no longer treat us in this way abuse us um take us for granted all of that you know yeah um, and chicago is a really strong activist town too for black activism honestly mm. activism and you know you think of all the people who have their shows in chicago and all the people who have power in chicago all the talent that comes out of chicago too right so much talent out of Chicago. And I'm just thinking like with the level of violence that there is to me, that shows how much resources are just lacking in certain areas mm-hmm. and, and how those areas need like a transfusion. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. You know, just, just an influx of resources to take some of the pressure off of people. 
you know um yeah so sending chicago lots of love that's a lot man it is so i think they're i think they're still going they said there was like a hundred people arrested i don't know if those arrests are were planned it doesn't look like they're planned arrests it looks like people just got caught up which sucks so i really hope that the activists are able to get together and get all those people out and get their, at least help most of them to get some of their charges dropped, you know? Yeah. Because um, now you're in the system after this, you know? Yeah. And uh, another another uh, city full of a lot of uh, black love, shout out to Baltimore. Did you hear about that explosion there? No. What happened? So um, there was apparently... Um, I'm reading it, uh, an explosion where one person was, was murdered and not murdered, but one person was killed and another one severely injured. But it, apparently it, um, has something to do with the Baltimore gas and electric company. Um, they said that they needed, they had the, the Baltimore gas and electric company has thousands of miles of obsolete pipes that need to be replaced in an effort that would nearly cost $1 billion to take or take two, two decades. Um, BGE said in response to the scene that the fire department's request to shut off all gas and electric services to make the scene safe. BGE has canvassed the area and found no current readings of gas. A statement from the utility said it will conduct an investigation of its equipment in the area. Area inspections will encompass homes and gas equipment in a wide, excuse me, a wide area to ensure there is no additional damage. In addition, addition, BGE is reviewing records for this area, including any reported gas odors, recent inspection results, or repairs. Glover 56, 77-year-old father were at home when the massive explosion shook their house, knocking all over a fan and some DVDs. I jumped up to see what was going on. I looked out the bathroom window and there was a house on the ground. It was like a bomb went off. Someone who, who uh, lives nearby ran to the scene. He said he saw a mess of bricks, glass, and cinder block, and also a box of pancakes. Um, so it's basically just talking about how the community kind of like, it affected everyone's like, I don't know, few minutes when, it, when they heard it go off. And it, it's kind of like talking about what the, uh, the gas department and the public service commission, um, kind of what they've been doing since like 2017 to upgrade the, upgrade the pipes. But apparently, um, Baltimore has one of the oldest gas, uh, distribution companies in the nation dating back to like 1816. So the article is basically to me saying that it could be the fact that they have not funded some of these, um, projects within Baltimore that they should. And because of it, it could, this could be the reason why it's the cause, but they haven't yet found anything that would say that it necessarily is the cause. But it feels like the article says that it's almost impossible for it not to be. Wow. Yeah. Sounds a little like Flint, right? It sounds like they, it sounds like they like neglect it sounds like they've neglected that community and now it's like the chickens come home to roost um the problem is so, so out of hand 
that they have to, you know, take dire uh, precautions and uh, and steps to mitigate it, and it and it's going to be so expensive. Um, yet it's compl it's really dangerous, and if they don't mitigate it, they could really, really, really severely uh, they could cause a severe damage. Yeah, it destroyed three houses on one block. Oh my god. Unreal. How are, are how are the people? Six people were injured and one passed away. Oh no. Yeah. And firefighters are currently searching for more survivors. Whoa. Yeah. What time did this happen? It's not really saying. It's saying it happened uh Monday morning. It got posted at seven forty six on Yahoo uh this morning. Man. Yeah, Man, send them some love, you know. Yeah, for sure, for That's sure. A lot. It is a lot. And like it, really, you know, these energy companies. I mean, I don't know if, if it's the same in Baltimore, but I know in Detroit, ours is a, a monopoly, and yeah. um, you know they have explosions all the time, like especially in the hood. Okay, that they don't talk. Mm -hmm. about things aren't wired properly or. Uh, things that need to get fixed that they have neglected and then they have all types of fires and explosions all the time in the hood but because you know these are poor people you know no one's paying attention no one cares um man we'll have to bring some of the folks that do the that i'm in the work for me dte coalition on here to talk about uh the work that they're doing to fight against dte i know that me myself i'm a huge uh proponent of community-owned solar so that we can you know get off of some of these utilities and everything you know not not just as the bill um you know these exorbitant bills that they that they overcharge people for and because they're a monopoly but also because it's unsafe and yeah get us off of all of these um fossil fuels and things like that you know um our energy company deals in both gas and electricity and you know we got to get off this freaking gas and you know they're trying to push natural gas it's still gas it's still you know it's still disgusting you know so um sure. you know we got to get off coal we got to get off oil like we got to get off these things because you know they're killing the earth and to me, when we have explosions, that's like a, a telltale sign that, you know, things are not being done correctly. A hundred percent. Right? Like, a hundred percent. You need to die, you need stuff to explode for you to figure out, like, let's get off this, this whatever this thing is. It's not good. For Piper, could you imagine, like, going to visit someone? Or even like going home, like if I were to even go to my mom's house, right, and seeing two or three of like the condominiums in her area set a fire, like, are you kidding me? God forbid. Like, God. that is just unreal to think about. Like, people have are living in these that community, like literally at home, minding their own business. Half of them probably still sleep. And it sounded, they said it sounded like they were in the middle of a war zone. 
Like, no one should have to experience that. Like, the odds that it's in an unprivileged community. Like, you know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. Like, these lines, like, these these lines have probably been, uh, you know, neglected for so long, gone unchecked for so long. You know, they probably need repair or removal. And like you said, they're like, oh, it's going to cost X amount of money. You know what? Get off the system. The system is killing people, you know? Uh, It's frustrating. It's frustrating. So, um, yeah, we'll have to send them a lot of love and stay, um, stay vigilant about, you know, um, fighting against these freaking companies. Yeah. The whole thing is capitalism. It's just about money. And Um, people are dying. They don't care. They're not doing repair in a timely fashion or properly. And this is what happens, you know? And I'm wondering, you know, who's going to be responsible? Is the company going to take responsibility and take care of those families and repair that damage that's done? How do you... How do you repay someone's life? People lost their life. You know, like there's just. You know, they had and they had one last. They had one last year. They had one in sixteen, and they had one in two thousand twelve. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Anyway, that's wild. That's wild. Shout out to all the activism in Baltimore. Hope you guys are listening. Somebody, one person, yeah. for half a second. Let, hit us up. Let us know if you need any resources and how we can, how we can partner with you guys. Hit up Pipe. Yeah, let's look and um, see what's going on with Baltimore. Um, let's head over to uh, Corona. You got an update? Uh yeah. I mean, um, here locally, I mean, it's you know, it's time to go back to school. Some of the schools have already you know, gone back. Um, I don't want to necessarily say shout out, but there's a website called woodtv.com. Um, and they basically put a list together of uh, all the like uh, plans for each district, what their plans are, um, you know, kind of like did a summarization by each public school district, starting with Allegan, they have something like two days in person three days online, um, and that's going to last until September 30th. And then they're saying that they plan to bring everybody back by October 1st um, with a, still an option uh, for remote learning. Um, I'll skip down and go to Holland schools. Um, they are doing in-person or remote learning. That starts August 26th. Um, Let's let's go a little bit further down. Battle Creek schools, in person, um, remote learning for uh, sixth through twelfth grade for nine weeks of school, for the first nine weeks. Uh, virtual is also available, uh, and that starts August twenty sixth as well. So just scanning through, it looks like at some point, no matter what each district's plan is, is that they're all going back on the date of August twenty sixth. Um, it seems like some people have become, some school districts have become pretty intricate on like how they're going to start off. And then they, it looks like they want to eventually roll into um, full, you know, full 
full student, you know, full in in person sessions with the students. So, um, I know that um, you know public schools and private schools um, kind of do things differently. So it'll just it'll be interesting to see, you know, with them posting on you know different videos and stuff online. I think in Georgia there was a a, a young lady who posted a really packed hallway, a hallway full of children. And the school suspended her. Uh, and then, you know, once it went viral, they, you know, they said that, you know, she wasn't no longer suspended. But a lot of people are, you know, just like when the bars reopen, are in fear that there's no way to, to social distance with kids or, you know, teenagers. So it just will be interesting to see as, you know, time moves on, you know, how, you know, the cases are going to, you know, um, move throughout these different schools and how these school districts are going to be able to take what they've come with uh, up with on paper to protect these children, how they're going to be able to enforce them. Um, so, you know, it's, it's what I've known. I'm sorry, go ahead, Pike. In Southeast Michigan, um, a lot of the schools were saying they were not going to go back or they were telling kids they didn't have to go back. But Detroit is telling kids that they that they have to go back, but they just don't have a plan. Man, that's unreal to me. So uh, they're still developing their plan, but the fact that they just don't have a plan also uh, yeah. speaks volumes, you know? Yeah, Detroit is surely not on this list. Nothing really. I don't see Southfield Public Schools. I don't see any Oakland County schools, to be honest. This is all... This is all really basically northern Michigan, west side of the state. Uh, a lot of the west side of the state has figured out what they want to do, which is no surprise. Shouts out to Bessie DeVos, but not really shouts out to Bessie DeVos. <laughs> um, so, you know, I think that's interesting. I mean, we've been talking about this since the beginning of coronavirus. What was it going to look like for kids to go back to school? And so I don't have children, you know what I'm saying? And... I personally just like if I had a child right now, you know, with the type of job that I have, like I kind of would be like trying to figure out like what to do. My mom is retired, you know what I mean? So ultimately, like I would like because the schools, these schools in like northern Michigan are given the option for the first nine weeks. Like I probably for the first nine weeks would like ask my mom, like, okay, can like little little Brittany come over there and do schooling you know what I mean for the first nine weeks and then after that we'll see we'll come up with a better plan you know what I mean like maybe you know figure something out but then you got to deal with your kids friends that are going back to school it's just a whole thing you know well I think and, um, a lot of parents are doing these um pods have interesting. you no I haven't they're doing like learning pods so some people are kind of against it because they're like, look, this is going to kill, um, you know, this is going to kill, like, uh, uh, public education and, uh, and, and, and everyone having access, you know, to public education and that the rich people will be able to just do like back they in the days when they when rich people had like an au pair you know um and that they're going to get a better quality than the poor folks so some people are against the pods i've talked to parents who really enjoy the pods meaning uh let's say it's like a group of folks 
and y'all get together and pay people to teach your kids pretty much uh so it's not like a school and and so the pods are um some of them are in person but mostly they're online and then i've talked to a lot of kids teenagers mostly and some college kids who told well the college kids told me they all have to go to school and they're trying to see which classes they could take um online and have online options some of the kids in public school told me that they had heard that they were going to do maybe alternative days or maybe like half days and then the school will be closed completely for like two days or something like that for cleaning and then they would have people go like half a day and half a day and then they would go half a day for like a couple of days a week and then the other kids would go half a day for those other couple days a week so there's just different versions of it but um there's this statement and uh detroit independent freedom schools put forth this entire checklist as well as um like a statement you know and the statement hits like all these different points right about background information on the school culture and physical conditions meaning like you know i was volunteering at one of the schools i don't want to name it right now but yeah i know what you elementary middle schools in my neighborhood and this is like pre-covid all the bathrooms were atrocious they don't have they didn't have hot water in the bathrooms the pipes were rusted and leaky and so the bathroom smelled terribly it was like prison bathrooms and these were for elementary kids like little preschool kids and babies unable to properly wash their hands just be pre-covid um in a nasty bathroom with cold water no soap you know i mean this is disgusting and like they have to go to lunch right so basically a lot of the schools are in these conditions and also have lead in their water so um leaky pipes and you know all types of stuff like that right um i mean there's you know the class size issue right they were putting like 40 45 kids in a class like you can't do that you know um there you you gotta look at the young people that have um like that need special education you know um they usually have to have uh supplemental like a supplemental person to support them right because they have um like these packages and things that they get put on to get like extra support so that's an extra person um they don't have any like mental health professionals right at the school because they would have like one counselor in the entire school is like 1500 kids one of the at the school i was volunteering one of the sixth graders told me when I asked her, you know, she said she always had to go to the counselor. And I was, for her, going to the counselor was a negative thing, right? Because I was like, when I was in high school and I was going to my guidance counselor, that I, I loved going to my counselor because that's when he would show me about scholarships for school, different opportunities, different things that I should be involved in. He would listen to me. Like, that was like my support person right 
But and Detroit did counselors, right, man? I, I'm just envisioning like what you're saying mixed with like I, what I remember seeing at my mom's school. But I'm listening. Well, this young lady told me like last year that the what the counselors position is now is basically almost like um it's just a person to decide like how much punishment you get so she said basically with the counselor the counselor tells you listen even like even if you didn't do whatever just said just admit that you did it so that you could get this paper right and the paper basically tells you like what your punishment is and like what you have to serve like how many days out of school uh suspended or whatever whatever and then you get on this behavioral program that they put you in and so there's no like actual counseling they just decide like how many days you're off of school and like which programmatic track you need to go in for your behavioral correction but pretty much you're on probation after that the rest of the year and every single time that you quote unquote mess up that's more time that you get to be out of school and then x amount of time you're out of school then they just kick you out completely and and that's just what the counselor is doing instead of i asked her i said does the counselor ever listen to you she was like and she laughed and she was like no she was like that's not what the counselor's for i was like well what's the counselor for she said they just tell you how you know how you're going to be punished now i went to the counselor right to ask the counselor like this and then the counselor gave me this thing like they have too many kids and they can't figure they can't, they don't have the time to try to help the children all they all they can do is just make sure they get on the right punishment plan and then get into the right they're there's very like a robot compartmentalized into okay this is you belong here you belong there type of thing it's really terrible interesting it's really terrible i mean that um i mean it's just it's on and on and on it's so Mm -hmm. much those are just like a few of the things right those are just yeah i mean there's so many things um how do you feel about do you do you feel about people having the proper resources at home to do the virtual learning i mean it's terrible i mean you know parents don't have internet or sometimes they do sometimes they don't sometimes the internet's on and off depending right on their money flow um some some of the youth you know don't have access to technology some only have their phones some only have a tablet some don't have their own access Mm -hmm. to technology so they're borrowing their mother's phone or tablet or laptop or their brother or sister or grandmother like they're bar many of them are borrowing you know these resources and so you know if um if the person doesn't let them borrow the resource right when they need it you know people can be with their stuff then they're unable to to access the things the work that they need to do yeah and you know some sometimes you know uh, a brother or a sister a parent a grandparent a guardian can be like no you can't use my laptop because i need my laptop to do my work i need my laptop to watch my movie i need my laptop to communicate like i need i need my laptop yeah 
can't use my laptop or you can't use my tablet or you can't use my phone. But oftentimes is that they just, you know, some, some version of they don't have access to it. And so that's going to leave a huge gap. That's going to leave like a lot of people out. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, that's that's definitely something, especially as we go into like the the the, the like the the root of the school year, like that October, November, like once you know, once school is cemented in, that those months, like, and if things haven't lightened up for kids to be able to come back to school, like, I really think that um, we as a community across the nation needs to have us a, a third eye specifically on these neighborhoods to see what we all can do as individual and as groups to ensure that they have the resources that they need because we've talked about it that we assume that oh work from home or go to school from home or uh lockdown that it assumes that people are safe within their homes and not meaning like because there's predators at home or just because it's you know broken homes but just from the sense of People maybe not even having, you know, we talk about Wi-Fi, but like, what about heat? You know, these are people who, are, if you have to do a lot of virtual learning, are they even in a condition to be able to sit in their house and learn, you know what I mean, because of water and heat? So I would just say, like, with all the things that are going on politically, I know that our minds could be in a, a million different directions, even even if we are being focused on important issues, let's just be sure we prioritize the babies in some of our neighborhoods. We just mentioned Baltimore, just mentioned Chicago. So I just say, let's have, you know, another eye open to that and let it not go like underneath the surface. And even even with all the beautiful work that we all are doing, you know, so. Well, let's keep our eye on it. You know, it's gonna be progressing because it's getting closer. Yeah, 100%. Look at that. Um, Deja, did you come back? I don't know. I see Deja on the line, but I don't. I see her too. Deja. All right. Well, uh, so you wanted to move us to uh, Cardi B and <laughs> Meg The Stallion and their new song and how much you love it and um oh it's great um but on a like on a serious note it's just funny that um we the, the conversations that we have like it's like i'm not it's not a bad thing it's not a good thing i'm just saying it's just interesting that we from time to time have the same discussions amongst like our political views like our music choices and who our heroes are within within the within the black community. And so excuse my background, but um so Cardi B, I think like on Friday, released a joint uh song, which is her lead, you know, her lead single. Uh she even, you know, vocally spoke about how she invested a lot of money into the music video, she invested a lot of money into uh the marketing and releasing it and how not just because like she just invested a lot of money just with coronavirus, you know, flying people out and assemble assembling people has like basically raised the price of everything by at least a hundred thousand dollars. So she's doing her media run, you know, this is her lead, you know, her lead her lead song. 
And the song is called WAP, which suggests uh, that, um, how can I say this? It suggests that, you know, the woman is very much so endowed in a very vulgar, open way. And it's interesting to see how the one of the biggest topics has been um, if the song is too vulgar, if it should be being, if it should be, uh, if it should be played on mainstream, um, it should it, is it acceptable because men forever in hip hop have been allowed to uh, express themselves in mainstream music, you know, with vulgar. And there should be a space for women and men have to stop dictating what women should talk about. Um, so you have people like CeeLo Green, the Joe Budden, um, the Breakfast Club, Hot 97, all these people having these different, these different debates. And it's just uh, interesting because we talk about hip hop and, you know, all its forms, including its history, its evolution. And it's just funny that in 2020, we're still kind of having like a similar conversation about um, how women present themselves in hip hop and what effect that has. It was, I wish I could play a clip, Piper, because today on The Breakfast Club, um, they, the three of them, um, Angelie, Charlemagne, and uh, Envy, um, were asked, you know, among, they asked amongst themselves like how they felt about the song. And they all said that, you know, they liked the song. Angela mentioned that she loved it because it, you know, gives women the opportunity to um, like express themselves sexually. And like women have never had a space to do that. And that's her, you know, that's her jam. Charlemagne and Envy agreed. And then they took calls. And ironically, which I was not expecting this, Every single caller, there was three callers. There was a man and two women. One identified as a lesbian and one woman identified as a mother. That's how she, that was her narrative. And a wife. And that she felt like, the first lady said that, you know, she felt like it was, you know, crossing the line and that it's not something that, you know, she would want her daughter listening to. And she said that, um, you know, Basically, she didn't like the fact that Megan was insinuating that, you know, if a man pays for, you know, your tu- you should give him some if he pays for your tuition, all these different things she went into and the whole entire panel kind of like, were like, oh, well, you don't have to listen to it and, you know, took up for the song. And then the, the man came on and said the same thing, but from a, like a father's viewpoint and like mentioned that like he wouldn't necessarily like uh, encourage that and doesn't feel comfortable with having to like get in the car and like that'd be one of the songs that's like on there and then Charlemagne said to him you know well how do you think your daughter got here like it's because of that song basically what the song is talking about and so like we expose our kids to a lot of different things this song shouldn't make or break like what we ex- you know what we expose them to like they eventually are gonna he was basically saying, I don't want my daughter walking around thinking that's okay to how, how to view herself. And they were like, well, eventually she may view herself like that anyway. <laughs> like, literally. And so then the last caller, the girl, she was like the most unbiased. She was like, oh, it's not necessarily about, she was like, it's not necessarily about if I like the song or not like the song. She just was like, you know, I love women. I'm a lesbian. Like, I love to talk 
I love to hear women talk about themselves. Like I love women from all different angles. However, I just basically think it's like a time and place for everything. And right now we are in a big, like we, we still are in the middle of one of pandemic, two of like a, a huge political climate that's involving our culture. And they have such a big platform. It's just, why would they put a song out like that right now? Like, I think we should like concentrate on bigger things. And then they even found a way to like, kind of like discredit her opinion as well, but in a nice way. And then it ended. And so every media outlet took up for the song, um, which I think is okay. Like they're entitled to do that. And I, you know, Oduh, like Cardi is doing her, is doing her marketing run for the song. So for, the people who are going to, you know, play the song and who are being paid to play her song, they're not going to discredit the song, you know? So the conversation with Charlemagne went into that the consumer needs to start supporting Rhapsody more. Like he always uses Rhapsody as his example as women who rap about other things other than their sexuality. That's who he always points to. So he's like, well, why don't you guys start listening to Rhapsody? And then the girl at the end was like, listen, like, I'm not saying like, we don't have the choice to listen to something else, but it seems like the media always, you know, tries to go in a different direction. And they really couldn't counter her last point, but it just seems to me interesting that, again, that we're still having this conversation and wonder why, like, when we talk about collectivism, you know, why I wouldn't say is to blame, this music is to blame, but I just would say, like, we have to understand at some point the power of our music. Now, am I, some people will say that, like, I'm hypocritical because there's some, some songs, if I'm out or if I hear the beat and um, I hear, uh, let's say, if I hear um, talent, like, I will acknowledge the talent and the, the artistry, you know, but at the same time, I think it's fair to also realize the harm that if you overconsume that or if it's overpushed and there's not enough balance in black women that represent all different types of music and that get and that is given the opportunity to go mainstream like you know what I mean if we had that it might be a little bit more of a climate especially during times like like now that's I wouldn't even say that's my opinion that's just my observation so, so you rhapsody you said what? You brought up Rhapsody, so I'm gonna let Rhapsody tell us. Is that okay? okay? Yeah. This is what Rhapsody has to say. Mainstream media, that's here. Let me see. Mainstream media, that's the only place you look for hip hop, and yeah, that might be the only thing that you see. And still, at the same time, these women are talented. Just because you don't like what they do, like they still have a talent, and that's their story to tell. That's their life to live. So take that opportunity to shine light on a mainstream level on people that you do like. Like, I thought that was an opportunity to do something different. You know, because we spend, like like I say in every interview, so much time talking about what we don't like and this person that. Like, when you have the microphone and the time, like, just say a name. It don't take much. Mm -hmm. Somebody on in an instant. That's like, what Cardi did. That's what moment. Cardi did for the, with the moment. And, you know, that's what you have to take. So I respect Jermaine and I understand at the core, the very core of what he was saying. But to use other women to put them down, you know, that's never the move for me. Because I know there are so many. Like, it's a false narrative to say that. Like, you, know, you got to tell people, look outside of your TV boxes. There is me. There's Tokyo Jets. There's No Name. There's the Kaylee 47. There's Il Camille. There's 3D Natty. There's Kamaya. Like, I could go on and on and on. There's so many dope females, and we all different. Everybody don't sound like a Cardi. Everybody don't sound like a 
everybody don't sound like a Megan. Everybody don't sound like a Kaylee. So, you know, just just spread the word and tell people to do the do the research. It's there. So that's that's Rhapsody. Now you know I, I roll with Rhapsody hard, and uh, you know I have a whole organization and business we found hip-hop dedicated to women in hip-hop for exactly the reason that rhapsody spoke on um yeah so you know mainstream like you said is gonna roll with the big guys right it's gonna roll with the sony and the warner brothers and right all the big labels because that's how folks are getting their paper um but we do have a lot of sources of other music for folks to listen to right the thing that i don't understand is why this is like such a controversial conversation at this point because i'm gonna be honest with you two things one everybody has access to everything at this point Mm, i mean people don't have to go into the radio right there's soundcloud there's spotify there's itunes still uh youtube has music um shoot everywhere you go right there's music free music you know paid music whatever um honestly yeah yeah go ahead what were you saying no i was honestly saying that at this point i think that's honestly a way for them to market the song to even have the discussion because at the end of the day there is so many platforms like so for it to even be a topic to me is a sales tactic that that's 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 what i was about to say so i think you know that's one thing is you know the access point but also to the idea that there haven't been women who have talked sexually when we've had we've been bombarded at least the last 30 years with women in hip-hop talking about sexually their sexual organs their sex drive the lack of <laughs> drive, sexing to get money, sexing. My neck, my back is a classic. <laughs> I mean, there's been so many songs with women in this in this topic. Right. I don't think that this is like a new topic to me. I don't think it's any less vulgar than Little Kim saying that she was eating sushi, playing with her coochie. I don't think that you know it's any less vulgar i mean so they say oh well the guys get to get away with i don't like that argument but i'm listening but i don't think that guys quote unquote get to get away with misogyny i just think that there's way more dudes that get uh support for making rap records and so we hear a lot more dudes making rap records about misogyny and all their sexual prowess Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I think you know with women, I mean, let's just be honest. Some people are into all that. I happen to be a person that's not in. That's not my. I don't want to hear it. Right? Like I don't want to hear it. I don't want to see it. Why? I do think it's vulgar. I do think it's negative messaging. That's me personally. However, I know there's all these other choices out there that I don't even have to look that way and have that choice now what i don't like is something i see my neighbor do is playing this music for your little kids now i see little babies like two three four five who are very 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 they're like sponges they absorb everything Mm -hmm. i don't like hearing uh the them uh rap the b word 
or the n-word or talk talking about violent things that they're going to do to one another or how they're going to harm each other how they're going to kill each other um how they're going to get over on each other how they're going to be out of integrity how they're going to you know take advantage of one another you know i don't like that i don't like those messages in general but i definitely can't stand to see adults and parents play that music for little little babies because music is so powerful it goes into your subconscious and your psyche and yes. i people say oh it's just entertainment but it is also a big business because it's mind control mm. and filling people's heads with the, to me what i would consider negative messaging it's you know people say oh it gives them power to me i don't see the power in that i don't i don't see the power in uh you know this uh, objectification is not powerful to me now people talking about being in control of their own bodies having consensual uh encounters and all this other kind of stuff that's very different but um what i hear is lots of misogyny even from the women what i hear is the a very like woman versus man thing yeah i was just thinking that it's funny like That's I'm very, not my, yeah yeah I, like <laughs> i hear this competition thing like yeah like oh i'm gonna like take his money and get over on him <laughs> I'm, no, it's literally like the woman's response to like the male ego and misogyny in hip hop. That's literally what it is. Yeah, and for me, I don't like those messages. That's me, and that's you know something mm -hmm. that I choose to not in indulge and engage in. Right? Yeah, but, but I, you know, I'm grown and I have a lot of choices, and I know how to make these choices outside of mainstream. Understood. Um, and that's the reason I have a whole business dedicated to doing so to make others aware of all these women, right? Who you can support. Like, if you don't want to hear that, get with us. We found hip hop. There's all these other women that you can support that are, that are amazing lyricists, musicians, music producers, dancers, graffiti artists, writers, vocal mm -hmm. musicians that are amazing. Even within our own city alone, there's so much time that can be invested in just going through some of these women's catalogs, right? Yeah. It's unreal. It's unreal. Real. So that's what I have to say. I mean, I'm glad that they are finding success in these times. I don't rock with those messages though. I'm just keep it a buck. It's not me. And I don't and I don't like and I wouldn't play that type of music for little girls either. You know, no. it's a, it's confusing. I mean, it's, it's specifically on the type of young lady that the music is being played around and what environment she's in. But even still, in any environment, I, I, I definitely don't think children should be singing those songs, which means that I, I even with the clean versions, it, it clean version is tough because most of the time when you're in a car, you're in the car with a child, you know what I mean? So it's not so much about being an adult and being able to like withhold it in the ears. It really is about the babies because the babies are exposed to it before we are because of the size, because of the sites they're on, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah, to each his own, but you know, I gave my opinion. 
Well, let's get into this, um, the John Lewis. I'm eat the way Piper. What, 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 what experience, what story could you share with all the activism you do about John Lewis and how he resonates with you? I would say, um, even more recently, I think, you know, I appreciate his, I appreciate his history. Um, rest in peace. I appreciate that. I mean, my goodness, we, you and I are not from this type of time period, right? Yeah. He's he's part of the generation that was from this time period. He was one of the change makers, right? That made it possible, right? The civil rights struggle was a legal battle, right? It was an ongoing legal battle, but he was one of the folks who got his head bashed in, right? Mm. By the cops fighting for justice multiple times, okay? He um, was one of those young people. The civil rights movement was a youth movement. He was one of those youth, you know, and he stood up for what he believed in and he continued throughout his entire lifetime. He moved more into the policy side to make sure like, cause once for me personally, I, what I see is you, the evolution that I've gone through is getting into activism and doing all this physical stuff, but then seeing that if these laws don't change, if these policies don't change. And so trying to move more into the policy side. So I completely understand um, him not wanting to get his head bashed in anymore <laughs> and wanting to get these laws changed so that it could be different for the next generation. So he's one of those people who sacrificed his body and sacrifices safety and sacrifice himself so that you and me could have a better life. Right. So God bless him for that. God, you know, uh, have mercy and, 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 you know, protect his legacy. And thank you for that because what a sacrifice. A hundred percent. What a sacrifice. You know, I will say that I will say that in recent years, he's been very vocal about um uh you know pressuring folks to stand up against trump he's been very vocal in pushing back against trump and trumpism and white supremacy um he's been very vocal on getting a lot of policies pushed right and this is this was like as an elder mm-hmm. right so he he dedicated his life to change there's a documentary about his life right now, getting into good trouble. That's what he would say. Okay. Know, um, one of his sayings. And it's on Netflix. And I think folks should watch it, you know, to, to learn about who he who he was and and his legacy. And I think, you know, when we look at activism, you know, everyone makes it look real sexy right now on Instagram. But they <laughs> They really learned how to manipulate the media. They, you know, it was the civil rights movement that 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 shifted the narrative because they made a decision. They learned how to manipulate the media, and that they they learned, oh, we're gonna wear shirt and tie and suits and stuff so that we can have this certain look of dignity. So and and we're gonna be nonviolent, and these were tactics, right? 
so that when the cameras hit us, we're going to invite the media. So when the cameras hit us, they see these really passive, you know, uh, clean cut kids getting beat and tortured, right? Mm -hmm. And those images, and nowadays those images are really normalized to us because we've seen them for so long with them getting hosed by dogs and all this kind of thing. But if you can transport yourself back to that time period, this stuff was shocking. Okay? Yes. It was shocking to see uh, clean-cut black teenagers um, get hoses put on them and dogs sicked on them. This disgusted the public. Okay? Now, um... There, you know, the evolution of the movement, you know, Black Power came and Stokely Carmichael and them were like, look, I'm tired of getting my head bashed in. I'm all about Black Power. Uh, these guns, right? And 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 we're going to off the pig. So there was, you know, um, <laughs> when Black Power came on the scene, it was very much like we're tired of being this passive and getting beat. And we're tired of having to prove that we're worthy. We're tired of having to prove that, you know, this is this respectability politics, that we have to be the perfect kid. And that if we're not dressed properly or whatever, then we then we're getting then we deserve to get murdered. We have to fight against that. Now, me and my politics where I am now, I'm not for respectability politics. I think, you know, um that we shouldn't get into the like what was he wearing were his pants sagging type of thing versus oh he was a good person because he had on a suit and tie right but mm -hmm. so more what i'm speaking to is more the tactical side right like what's the tactic that's gonna get you to your goal so i i'm applauding the tactic that they used as a as a great tactic for their strategy mm. So powerful. It was able to help them get to their goal, right? Um, that's what I'll say about to me the legacy that he that that he left was um, embodying change, embodying you know being about it, you know, throughout his entire lifetime and being consistent with that. Yeah, um, sounds like a lot of evolution. Like I love how you just broke down like the fact that when you start to see that you are still passionate about the things that are going on, but it's doing a, not necessarily a disservice, but it's starting to harm you and it's, it's starting to uh, affect your, 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 your health. It doesn't mean that you give up on what you're doing, but you kind of find a way to do what you're doing, but do it in a way that's more productive for your community and for yourself, you know, mm -hmm. the, evo the evolution, you know, within the activism is powerful you know so yeah. yeah that thanks for sharing that oh yeah for sure i'm wondering um is deja still here you hear deja you weren't here the whole time uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna play this uh i'm gonna play this uh this song let okay. me have um because deja's not here so it's a bit long. I wonder should I play the whole thing? I'm gonna play the whole thing. So I don't know if you've been uh 
lit like watching this go this this um this brother and this group and his name is Tobe Nwinge. I think I know Toby. Nwinge? Is that him? Is it Toby? Let me see. T O Yes. Nwinge? Okay. Yeah, he's awesome. He has a, a new song. And I was gonna play that. There's a. he's got a bunch. He's got one, The Plight of Black Men. Uh he said try uh, you know the other one what was it try jesus you know that one he asked you he had a great tiny desk too he's they've got like a really like a lot of really good ones um i want to uh there's one called make it home okay and uh it's pretty long but i think we could end with this okay um but before we before we end with this i just want to um say you know i really appreciate uh you i appreciate deja i don't know what happened with deja um i hope she's okay we're sending you love to your phone and your connection (laughs) um but i think uh you know these times that we've been together they're they're some of the most special times that I really, really appreciate, you know, connecting with y'all and learning from y'all and sharing with y'all. So just wanted to tell you, thank you. Thank um, you, Pipe. You know, I feel the same way. It's not more. Uh, well, I wanted folks to understand that, you know, we took a little break. We take breaks sometimes. Um, we'll work to be a bit more consistent, but, you know, life happens and we got to, you know, handle it. So, we appreciate everyone for listening, tuning in, sharing. Um, if you want to stay in touch, you know, this is the Piper Carter podcast. Um, we usually uh, are every weekly, weekly. So hopefully we'll get back to doing our weekly schedule. Um, wondering if folks are interested in sponsoring any of the episodes because we'd be, you know, as long as your uh, principles and values line up, um, you know, let, let, let's see, let's put that out there first, but we'd love to have folks, um, you know, sponsor what we do. Uh, I think I'm going to start a Patreon so that people who really want to support will be able to, um, support us. So we'll get that going next week. And then, um, to tune into the episodes, you know, you want to go to Detroit is different. Shouts out to, um, Kari Frazier with Detroit is different podcast network um the 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 website is detroit is different.net and that's where you'll be able to listen to different podcasts he's got all types of subjects of podcasts so really blessed to be on on there and you can find us on all streaming platforms including apple podcast and spotify um iheart radio um you know and uh stitcher google play you know but, but many, many more, you know, wherever you're accessing your streaming, you know, you'll be able to find us. And you want to look for a Piper Carter podcast as well on social media. So on Facebook, we have a Facebook page, Piper Carter podcast, and we have a Facebook group, Piper Carter podcast. So you can drop um, different, you know, drop us some questions and things in there as well. Comments, uh, you know, uh, even hype us up if you want. We take that. 
on Instagram, we're pc.podcast. Um, we don't have Twitter as of yet, but I'm thinking we may start a Twitter so that that might emerge by next week so we can start talking on there. But just hoping that you'll check us out on all the different platforms where you can find us. And I'm just going to um, take us out with this bit of music right here. Um, and thanks for correcting me, uh, Brittany. And yeah, this song is called Make It Home. This brother is like super brilliant. Um, they've been doing these acapellas with music and it's really beautiful. These filmings that he's been doing remind me of Solange where they're dressed in all white and it's like this prison <laughs> green, lime green. But uh, this one's called Make It Home. Uh, it's a bit long, but we'll end the episode with this. All right. And until next week, be safe. Peace. Uh. 2020 civil rights movement uh shout out to everybody that's racist that getting exposed you know what i'm saying i ain't gonna lie to you it's a beautiful time no 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 shout out to all the black people who feel liberated and you feel like you could be your whole black self uh i'm 100 with you and we're about to give you some of this black love even with my white counterpart in the in the band we're gonna give you some black love right now here we go let's get it hey look i hope you catch a wave talk to him doesn't subside this for the nappy heads of heaven With the nappy head Christ by their side I pray you catch your way Doesn't subside this for the nappy heads in heaven With the nappy head Christ by their side Yeah May your streets be paved with gold Yeah Especially when your skin look like chocolate At one point they sold us for profit But we made it out of the gun that we chosen Yeah On my mama the sauce I still hold it Yeah Go for broke for the ones that are broken Yeah Please don't make me no hashtag or slogan my whole hood is golden, that's why I pray you catch your way. you catch your way. Doesn't subside this for the nappy heads and pepper. The nappy and Christ by they side. I pray you catch your way. Doesn't subside this for the nappy heads and pepper. The nappy and Christ by they side. Yeah. May your streets be paved with gold. Oh, my home would make it home. May your streets be paved with gold. Oh, my home would make it home. Cause they riding with choppers. It might turn your table to pasta. Don't hardly see daughters at altars Probably cause there ain't no more fathers They stole them Yeah Put in cages by racist patrolling 
Yeah. The hood is a light to the pins like we ballin'. Yeah. Please don't make us no hashtags or slogans. Yeah. Black people are golden. That's why I pray you catch a wave. Doesn't subside This for the nappy and to heaven oh, Nappy and Christ by their side I pray you catch away Doesn't subside This for the nappy and to heaven Nappy and Christ by their side May your streets be paved with gold Hope my home would make it home May your streets be paved with gold Hope my home would make it home I hope you make it home Yeah I hope you make it home Every hood Remember to like, share, subscribe, and always listen on Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Store, and Spotify.